1 Samuel chapters 25 through 27. Now Samuel died, and all Israel assembled and mourned for him, and they buried him in his house at Ramah. Then David rose and went down to the wilderness of Paran, and there was a man in Maon whose business was in Carmel. The man was very rich. He had three thousand sheep and a thousand goat. He was shearing his sheep in Carmel. Now the name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife, Abigail. The woman was discerning and beautiful, but the man was harsh and badly behaved. He was a Calebite. David heard in the wilderness that Nabal was shearing his sheep. So David sent ten young men, and David said to the young men, Go up to Carmel, and go to Nabal, and greet him in my name, and thus you shall greet him. Peace be to you, and peace be to the house, and peace be to all that you have. I hear that you have shearers. Now your shepherds have been with us, and we did not harm them, and they missed nothing all the time that they were in Carmel. Ask your young men, and they will tell you. Therefore, let my young men find favor in your eyes, for it, we come on a feast day. Please give whatever we have at hand to your servants and to your son David. When David's young men came, they said all this to Nabal, and in the name of David, and then they waited. And Nabal answered David's servants, Who is David? Who is the son of Jesse? These are many servants these days, and they are breaking away from their masters. Shall I take my bread and my water and my meat that I have killed for my shearers and give it to the men who come from I do not know where? So David's young men turned away and came back and told him all this. And David said to his men, Every man strap on his sword, and every man of them strapped on his sword. David also strapped on his sword. And about four hundred men went up after David, while two hundred men remained with the baggage. But one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, Behold, David sent messengers out of the wilderness to greet our master, and he rallied at them. Yet the men who were very good to us, and we suffered no harm, and we did not miss anything when we were in their fields, as long as we went with them. They were a wall to us, both by night and by day. All the while we were with them, keeping the sheep. Now therefore know this, and consider what you should do, for harm is determined against our master, and against all his house, and he is such a worthless man that no one cannot speak to him. Then. Abigail made haste and took two hundred loaves and two skins of wine and five sheep already prepared and five seahs and parched grain and a hundred clusters of raisins and two hundred cakes of figs and laid them on donkeys. And she said to her young men, Go on before me. Behold, I come after you. But she did not tell her husband Nabal. And as she rode on the donkey and came down under the cover of the mountain, behold, David and his men came down toward her and she met them. Now David had said, Surely in vain I have guarded all that this fellow has in the wilderness, so that nothing was missed of all that belonged to him, and he has returned me evil for good. God, do so to the enemies of David, as in more also, if by morning I leave so much as one meal of all who belong to him. When Abigail saw David, she hurried and got down from the donkey and fell before David on her face and bowed to the ground. She fell at his feet and said, on me alone, my lord, be the guilt. Please let your servant speak in my ears and hear the words of your servant. Let not my lord regard this worthless fellow Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name, and folly is with him. But I tell I, your servant, did not see the young men of my lord whom you sent. 
Now then, my lord, as the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, because the Lord has restrained you from blood guilt and from saving with your own hand, now then, let your enemies and those who seek to do evil to my lord be as Nabal. And now let this present that your servant has brought to my lord be given to the young men who follow my lord. Please forgive the trespass of your servant, for the Lord will certainly make my Lord a sure house, because my Lord is fighting the battles of the Lord, and evil shall not be found in you so long as you live. If men rise up to pursue you and to seek your life, and the life of my Lord shall be found in the bundle of the living and the care of the Lord your God, and the lives of your enemies he shall sling out as from the hollow of a sling. And when the Lord has done to my Lord according to all the good that he has spoken concerning you, and has appointed you prince over Israel, my Lord shall have no cause of grief or pangs or conscience for having shed blood without cause, or for my Lord working salvation himself. And when the Lord has dealt well with my Lord, then remember your servant. And David said to Abigail, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who sent you this day to me. Blessed be your discretion, and blessed be you, who have kept this day from blood guilt and from working salvation with my own hand. For as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, who has restrained me from hurting you, unless you had hurried and come to meet me, truly by morning there would have not been left to Nabal so much as one male. Then David received from her hand what she had brought to him, and he said to her, Go up in peace to your house. See, I have obeyed your voice, and I have granted your petition. And Abigail came to Nabal, and behold, he was holding a feast in his house, like the feast of a king. And Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was very drunk. So she told him nothing at all until the morning light. In the morning, when the wine had gone out of Nabal, his wife told him these things, and his heart died within him, and he became as a stone. And about ten days later, the Lord struck Nabal, and he died. When David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord who has avenged the insult I received at the hand of Nabal, and has kept back his servant from wrongdoing. The Lord has returned the evil of Nabal on his own head. Then David sent and spoke to Abigail to take her as his wife. When the servants of David came to Abigail at Carmel, they said to her, David has sent us to you to take you to him as his wife. And she rose and bowed with her face to the ground and said, Behold, your handmaid is a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. And Abigail hurried and rose and mounted a donkey, and her five young women attended her. She followed the messengers of David and became his wife. David also took Anoahim of Jezreel, and both of them became his wives. Saul had given Michal, his daughter, David's wife, to Pelti, the son of Laish, who was in Galim. Then the Ziphites came to Saul at Gibeah, saying, Is not David hiding himself in the hill of Hakalah, which is on the east of Jehoashimon? So Saul arose, went down to the wilderness to Zeph, with three thousand chosen men of Israel to seek David in the wilderness of Zeph. And Saul encamped on the hill of Hakalah, which is beside the road on the west of Jeshimon. But David remained in the wilderness. When he saw that Saul came after him in the wilderness, David sent out spies and learned that Saul had indeed come. Then David rose and came to the place where Saul had encamped. And David saw the place where Saul lay with Abner the son of Ner, the commander of his army. Saul was lying with the encampment while the army was encamped around him. 
Then David said to Imelech the Hittite, and Joab's brother Abishai, the son of Zeruai, Who will go down with me into the camp of Saul? And Abishai said, I will go down with you. So David and Abishai went to the army by night, and there lay Saul sleeping within the encampment, and with his spear stuck in the ground at his head, and Abner, and the army lay around him. Then Abishai said to David, God has given your enemy into your hand this day. Now please let me pin him to the earth with one stroke of the spear, and I will not strike him twice. But David said to Abishai, Do not destroy him, for who can put out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? And David said, As the Lord lives, the Lord will strike him, or his day will come to die, or he will go down into the battle and perish. The Lord forbid that I should put out my hand against the Lord's anointed. But take now the spear that is in his head, and the jar of water, and let us go. So David took the spear and the jar of water from Saul's head, and they went away. No man saw it or knew it, nor did any awake, for they were all asleep, because a deep sleep from the Lord had fallen upon them. Then David went over to the other side and stood far off on the top of the hill, with a great space between them. And David called to the army and to Abner the son of Ner, saying, Will you not answer, Abner? Then Abner answered, Who are you? Who calls the king? And David said to Abner, Are you not a man? Who is like you in Israel? Why then have you not kept watch over the lord of the kings? For one of the people came to destroy the king your lord. This thing that you have done is not good. As the Lord lives, you deserve to die, because you have not kept watch over your Lord, the Lord's anointed. And now, see where the king's spear is, and the jar of water that was at his head. Saul recognized David's voice and said, Is this your voice, my son David? And David said, It is my voice, my lord, O king. And he said, Why does my lord pursue after his servant? For what have I done? What evil is on my hands? Now, therefore, let my lord the king hear the words of his servant. If it is the lord who has stirred you up against me, may he accept an offering. But if it is men, may they be cursed before the lord, for they have driven me out this day that I should go no share in the heritage of the lord, saying, Go serve other gods. Now, therefore, let not my blood fall on the earth away from the presence of the Lord, for the king of Israel has come out to seek a single flea like one who hunts a partridge in the mountains. Then Saul said, I have sinned. Return, my son David, for I will no more do harm to you, because my life was precious in your eyes this day. Behold, I have acted foolishly and made a great mistake. And David answered and said, Here is the spear, O king. Let one of the young men come over and take it. The Lord rewards every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord gave you into my hand today, and I would not put my hand out against the Lord's anointed. Behold, as your life was precious this day in my sight, so may my life be precious in the sight of the Lord, and may he deliver me out of all tribulation. Then Saul said to David, Blessed be you, my son David. You will do many things and will succeed in them. So David went his way, and Saul returned to his place. Then David said in his heart, Now I shall perish one day by the hands of Saul. There is nothing better for me than that I should escape to the land of the Philistines. Then Saul will despair of seeking me and any longer within the borders of Israel, and I shall escape out of his hand. So David arose and went over, he and six hundred men who were with him, to Achish, the son of Mehokah, king of Gath. And David lived at Achish in Gath, he and his men, every man with his household. 
and David with his two wives, Ahoanane of Jezreel and Abigail of Carmel, Nabal's widow. And when it was told Saul that David had fled to Gath, he no longer sought him. Then David said to Achish, If I found favor in your eyes, let a place be given to me in the country, in the country towns, that I may dwell there. For why should your servant dwell in the royal city with you? So that day Achish gave him Ziklag. Therefore Ziklag has belonged to the kings of Judah to this day, and the number of the days of David lived in the country of the Philistines was a year and four months. Now David and his men went up and made raids against the Gershaites and the Gerizites and the Amalekites, for these were the inhabitants of the land from of old, and as far as Shur to the land of Egypt. And David would strike the land, and would leave neither man nor woman alive, but would take away the sheep, the oxen, the donkeys, and the carnals, and the garments, and come back to Achish. Achish asked, Where have you made a raid today? And David would say, Against Negeb of Judah, or against the Negeb of the Jeharmalites, against the Negeb of the Kenites. And David would leave neither man nor woman alive to bring news to Gath, thinking, lest they should tell about us, and say, So David has done. Such was his custom all the while he lived in the country of the Philistines, and Achish trusted David, thinking, He has made himself an utter stench to his people Israel, therefore he shall always be my servant. Mark chapter 10, verses 1 through 16. And he left there, and went to the region of Judea, and beyond the Jordan. And the crowds gathered to him again, and again, as was his custom, he taught them. And the Pharisees came up, and in order to test him, asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He answered them, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of divorce and to send her away. And Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, he wrote you for this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What, therefore, God has joined together, let no man separate. And in the house, the disciples asked him again about this matter. And he said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. And they were bringing children to him, that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for such belong to the kingdom of God, truly. I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. David continues to trust the Lord to deliver him, but here we find, I think, a little bit more insight into the way that he trusts God. David didn't just trust that God would protect him as he went through tribulation. David believed that God was going to deliver him out of the hands of his enemies, that his enemies would be judged because he was righteous or because he stayed righteous in the eyes of God. In the same breath, we have to acknowledge what I think is very unique that happens in chapter 27 of 1 Samuel. This is when fear strikes David's heart, and he flees to the land of the Philistines, becoming, as Achish would say, a stench to his own people's nose. The prophet Samuel, when he spoke to um, David, particularly in chapter 22, said that he was supposed to stay within 
the boundaries of Judah. Going to the land of the Philistines is a violation of this. I'm not sure what to make of David's decision, but it, I see that it's motivated by fear. David's able to leave Saul alive. Saul publicly proclaims, this is the first time that we see Saul publicly make a declaration that David would be blessed and prosperous. And out of fear, David responds strangely. If I was going to say that there was a theme in the book of 1 Samuel, it would be this issue of how we respond to fear and how we trust in God. Saul's original failing, his original failure as he made sacrifices before the people of Israel was because he feared that they would no longer follow him. David's strength and what attests to his strong character, the reason we call him a man after God's own heart, is because even with Saul pursuing him, even when it would appear that the Lord was giving him into his hands, David steps away and trusts God. This is the same thing with Abigail's husband. He doesn't take on the blood guilt for himself because he trusts God. Fear is perhaps the most dangerous thing that can overcome us. It's not antithetical to faith. What I mean by that is, Fear is not the opposite of faith. Our faith is strengthened whenever we act despite our fear. Fear can be a great thing in bringing us closer to God if we respond to it by running to Him, by trusting Him all the more. In the same way, it can be detrimental if it causes us to turn away from Him and to take the situation into our own hands. What could we possibly have in our own hands that gives us more security than God's own will?